Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather. And I'm Mark, and we are your co-hosts. And we're here to take a look back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartels Podcast Network. Hey friends, it's Heather here. Welcome back to the show. We are continuing our discussion on the Feast of Israel. And so um, we're headed into Pentecost here. Mark's going to be leading a discussion on that. Uh, The Hebrew word for Pentecost is Shavuot, which sounds super fun to me, don't you think? It does. It does. I think so. Indeed. How are you today, Mark? I'm good. I'm doing pretty, I'm doing pretty okay. Sarah's been at a conference in Philly for four days. So I've been one on two with the kids and I think I've made it through. All right. There hasn't been a lot of sleep, but here we go. Yeah. That's impressive. Way to go. Good for you. And super fun thing. We should tell our listeners as well that we just got off of our parables cohort and we got to make some new friends and that was super fun. It was really fun. Uh Uh-huh. All right, so let's hop into the discussion for today, okay? Cool, cool. Well, um, Pentecost is a big deal in the church calendar, especially if if you're youth pastoring in like a high church uh, setting. Pentecost is one of the big dates on your calendar, but a lot of Christians don't know that it has a long history and really an evolution as a Jewish feast first. Mm -hmm. And like Heather said, uh, Shavuot, um, Shah, Vu, Oat, means uh, weeks, like the Feast of Weeks, right? And it's because Shavuot counts seven weeks or Sabbaths after Passover, and that's like the day that it hits, okay? And then the word Pentecost that we have maybe familiarity with is, it just comes from the Greek word uh, for 50. So like 50 days after Passover. I'm not great at math, but if you divide 49 by seven, you get like seven weeks and then you got to actually, there you go. Yeah. That's about as advanced as math will get uh, for me or for the show. That's true. (laughs) So, so Shavuot was originally a harvest festival. Okay. If you read in Leviticus 23, 15 through 16, um, there's like the original commandment for Shavuot, and it says, you shall count seven full weeks from the day after the Shabbat, from the day that you brought out the sheaf of the wave offering. So remember the wave offering? from the the, Yes, from the first fruits. Yeah, and uh, then the counting of the Omer, where they count up to Pentecost. That's right. How many Omers do you have right now, Heather? I've got tons of Omers. You have little Omers Uh, in your house? Oh, yeah, all the time. Anyways... (laughs) Yeah, so it says, you shall count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath. Then you shall present a grain offering of new grain to the Lord. So it's almost like another grain offering, like the first fruits offering, except it's been seven weeks or 50 days. Okay? Yeah. And what's, what's cool about the original, like, Shavuot festival is it's meant to kind of communally remember the entering into the land. And when we completed the Exodus, marrying God at Sinai, wandering in the wilderness, and now we have this grain because we're settled 
in the land. And it commemorates being brought into the land with God. But that's not all, Heather. Because like I said, the festival evolves and changes over time. Yeah. Which, by the way, is like biblical studies and religion studies 101. Sure. There's so many things that we think are constant, unchanging, and traditions that have always been that way. But analyze any tradition and it slowly changes sure. over time and it slowly changes in meaning. Sure. And so this holiday, this festival, Shavuot, the festival of weeks, came to mean over time or signify the giving of the law yeah. by God to Moses That's right. at Sinai. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. So it was like this giant celebration of the anniversary when God gave us the law. Well, how'd they get there? They got there by saying like some, someone calculated up, when was it that Moses probably got the law from God and someone calculated it up and said, you know what? Moshe received Torah on the exact day that we celebrate Shavuot, Shazam, right? If it's, if it sounds a little skeptical, it probably was, but that's how we reinvent traditions. And so that's how go. the Jews practice it for years and years and years and years and years before Jesus. Oh, on yeah. Scene. Yeah. By the time, by the time of Jesus, it was actually a really cool pilgrimage. It sounds like really fun. Like when I think as a dad about all the pilgrimages and the festivals, this one sounds really fun. And yeah, like okay. it has a lot of decoration and pomp sure. and circumstance. Yeah. Um, there's this great passage from the Mishnah, Mishnah Bikurim 3.3. It says, those who lived near, like near Jerusalem, right, brought fresh figs and grapes. Those from a distance brought dried figs and raisins. And an ox with horns bedecked or all jazzed up with gold and with an olive crown on its head led the way. Kind of like their version of MTV's Pimp My Ride, right? You like decorate your ox and like go on your way, you know, you know maybe yeah. you have your kid lead, lead your ox and it's all dressed up. And the flute was played before them until they were near to Jerusalem. So it's like you dance your way to, to J-Town. Yeah, right? that's legit. With eating either with your, grapes or raisins with your Pimp My Ride ox. J-Ru style. <laughs> yeah. And when they arrive close to Jerusalem, they sent messengers in advance and ornamentally arrayed their first fruits. And the word for first fruits is bikurim. So yeah. that's why it's misna bikurim. Sure. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So by the time of Jesus, there's this massive pilgrimage with all of this festivity yeah. and um, fun headed into Jerusalem to celebrate when the Jews received the law. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And now what happens is um, Acts 2 is that the text in, in the New Testament that really shifts Shuvayot from, or Shavu, uh, Shavuot, Shavuot mm -hmm. from this uh, festival of weeks to where we would say it's the giving of the spirit or God's spirit comes in power upon the apostles to lead the early church. Yeah. Right. Not wild. And, that, yeah, it's not only wild, the passage itself is so cool. When you think about some of the things we've done on this show with type scenes and with parts of the Bible that kind of bounce off each other, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Acts 2 
1 through 8 says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, so now we know what that is. It's 50 days after Passover. There right? you go. They were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it, I knew you'd make that sound effect. Way to go. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and it divided tongues as if fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, there were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And this sound, the multitude came together. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered or shocked because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all these like people who are speaking Galileans, like they shouldn't, they shouldn't know my language if I'm from Nubia or Mesopotamia or, or from, uh, you know, Greece, right? They shouldn't know my language. Um, when we compare that passage to Exodus 19 and 20, where the law is given to Moses, there's all sorts of like bouncing back and forth, right? right. Oh, for sure. So it says on the morning of the third day, so Israel's gathered around Mount Sinai mm-hmm. in Exodus mm-hmm. 19, yeah. 16 through 20. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. So think of those images around what we just heard. And all the people in the camp trembled and Moshe brought the people out of the camp to meet God and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now, Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him in thunder. If you skip down to Exodus 20, 18 through 21, you get the same buckshot of images Mm -hmm. of like thunder flashes of lightning sounds of trumpet mountain smoking all the stuff that we could have ticked off in exodus 2 absolutely So, what's happening what do you hear heather i hear that the the story is repeating itself that jesus is trying to communicate himself to the jews in a way that speaks to what happened back at sinai is jesus there in acts 2 oh well, uh, that God, I'm sorry, that God is trying to communicate. Yeah. 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 No, I, th- I think you're right, though. I, I think um, I think the writer of Acts 2 is describing what happened, yeah. and he's using all the imagery of Sinai, and he's saying just as revelatory and important and world-changing as it was when God gave his law at Sinai— mm-hmm. God's spirit came in power mm-hmm. upon the church mm-hmm. and it changed everything and it like marked a new age, right? Okay. Yeah, because the Torah was God's order, right? It was this structure that he gave them that would help Israel become a nation and would have the text by which they would live by, right? Yeah. It would it would be their way forward, so to speak, right? And the spirit yes. is the uniting piece within Christianity, that's supposed to be our guide forward, right? The way forward right. for following God. So, yeah, that's so cool, Mark, seeing that correlation between yeah. Sinai and the giving of the Torah and Acts 
chapter two and the giving of the Holy Spirit and how there's yeah. there's such a strong connection there. That's why the feasts are exactly. so stinking cool, man. Oh, for sure. And you drew it together exactly right. It's like just as Torah charted our course, the Spirit will now guide our steps. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it's really it's neat. so beautiful, really. Yeah. Um, especially if you just track that forward through the stories in, in Acts. It's so beautiful to think about. One other like cool thing, you know how um, you know how like the observers or the lookers on looked at the apostles and they were like, how do they know all these languages? Right. Right. Yeah. There's this cool passage in the Mishnah in Mishnah Sota seven five. Yeah. And it says, on the stones of the altar at Mount Ebal were inscribed the words of Torah in seventy tongues. And then it explains that 70 tongues is all the languages of humankind. So for them, as they mapped out, well, how many languages are there and how many groups of people are there? Well, there are 70. Wow. Yeah. See the parallel to That's Acts right. 2? Yeah. It's, it's really cool. And there's other rabbinic lore that, that gives the same kind of idea to Moses receiving Torah and to oral Torah going out in all of the languages of the world so that someday everyone will be able to understand. This is really cool. This is just amazing. All of that wow. tradition and literature is bouncing off of each other yeah. to say, hey, pay attention. That's right. Yeah, that's a great point. That's exactly what I was thinking was that Jesus, I'm sorry, well, Jesus wasn't there for sure, but God is saying, hey, pay attention. Like, how could you not as a Jew be watching that and going, oh my gosh, this is like Sinai. This is like what we've been taught all these years. What, what the experience of Sinai was here was like, well, yeah. what's going on here? We need to pay attention, right? And and I think um, it's a it's just a great thing that it was your idea to like pause our podcast episodes and focus in on the feasts with the idea that if we really understand the Jewish calendar as orchestrating life with God, yeah, then we have this whole group of signals for when we read our New Testament, and this is maybe. This is maybe, other than the resurrection of Jesus, the biggest signpost in your entire New Testament about, well, what is life with God now? In light of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, what is life with God now? Oh, yeah. Well, it's in step with the Spirit. Here's how the Spirit came, and the whole thing is framed up if you know the signpost from the feasts and festivals. That's a great point because, again, the, the biggest moment for the Jews together collectively as a community and helping them formulate their identity and move forward with God was the giving of the Torah and yeah. the biggest moment for, you know, post-resurrection was when the Holy, well, Jesus, obviously his well, post-resurrection was, you know, Jesus's sending of the Holy spirit. And so, yeah. yeah so how do we, how do we uh, map this for a youth pastor in context today? Yeah, well, if I'm mapping this for a youth pastor, first of all, I want I want to become as good as I can at giving my kids these same signposts and giving my kids this uh, kind of thought bank of Jesus and the apostles and the world of the New Testament and knowing knowing these feasts. You don't have to know every detail about them, sure. but knowing that they're a real thing and that they're guiding the way the New Testament is put together is important for us as teachers of scripture. I think secondly, something really beautiful that's happening here 
is not just the giving of the spirit to guide us. Like we would say even today as Christians that the Holy Spirit is in us and that's very important and it's guiding us. It's reminding us of our master's words. Mm -hmm. It's convicting us when we're wrong. It's leading us. All of those things are so important. The other very beautiful thing, if you're a youth pastor, is that God's family is enlarging. It's, it's getting way bigger. The voice of the new spirit of God in the world is going out to every single language and including anyone that will hear and yeah. believe. And what have we talked about? Believing in Jesus as surrendering, surrendering your life to a good king. That's right. Right? Yeah. And that means that these kids that walk into your group they might seem like they're from a foreign land mm. or speak a completely different language than what church world or religion world or Christian world or Christianese. Um, the Holy Spirit is for them, available to them, and comes through relationship with Jesus. And that's a re- that's really good news. Absolutely, I guess. yeah, yeah. Just as the Torah transformed Israel and their following of God, so does. So can the Holy Spirit for our kids who seem really far away, who seem like they come from a place that could never really fully get to um, a deep place with God. That's just not true. God can transform anything through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's great, Mark. So have you, uh, I have a, I have a few kids that just come to mind, but have you had kids that like the day they walked into you, you were like, oh man, oh this yeah. is a tough one. Oh, for but sure. Then, I have a handful of kids that started like that and now they are really, really great readers of Bible, but more importantly, mm-hmm. they're, they're really good representations of Jesus in the yeah. world, yeah. like the good kind. That's right. And the spirit can do that in whatever kid walks into your, your room. I'm sure you have like your own list of kids too, Heather. Oh yeah. There's this one kid. I was like, Oh bro. And now he's like on staff with a Christian missionary organization. And he's like hardcore the gospel with people. I'm like, didn't see that one coming. You know what I mean? Like he was the dirty junior high kid. Right. But God can do anything through the power of his, his Holy spirit. So Mark, this has been a super fun discussion and I would just encourage Youth leaders out there, study those feasts. They will transform the way you read your Bible and the way you teach it to your kids. So friends, thanks for joining us for this episode of the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. And we'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye, everyone.